Hey everyone, it's me, Chris Joseph, your internet friend and co-host of Florida Man Murders. Just a heads up that we have... Those are my dogs. Just a heads up that we have two more episodes... Silence! Just a heads up that we have two more episodes remaining of this, our second season of Florida Man Murders. After that, we're taking a little bit of a summer hiatus... But we will be back with a whole new season and a whole new batch of crazy-ass Florida Man and Mayhem stories. Until then, please feel free to catch up on episodes you may have missed. My dogs are killing each other in the background. And if you haven't yet, please, please, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Five stars and then say some cool shit about the pod. It really helps us. We love and appreciate each and every one of you. We are floored. That so many of you have taken a liking to our goofy shit week after week. It's it's bonkers. It's bananas. So, thank you. Oh, and also keep a lookout on this feed as Siege and I will drop the occasional mini-episode featuring guest hosts and whatnot during our time off, so we're not completely going away. But until then, thank you again. Enjoy the rest of Season 2, and remember that only assholes murder, so don't be an asshole. You're listening to The Florida Man Murders, a true crime comedy podcast about murder, madness, mayhem, and other shady shit that goes down in the Sunshine State. Each week, your hosts, Chris, Roger, and Siege, take you on a dark, twisted journey through the bowels of the most wretched fiends and nefarious events throughout the history of Florida. And then make inane, quote-unquote, funny observations about it all, like the half-soused nitwits that they are. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the crazy, if you dare. Roger, what are you drinking? You know, it's it's the usual, my friend. When the the thing that runs through uh, every cell in my body, the good old Johnny Walker Black, will happily take. I ran out of grit. Any- I was uh, I was making the old fashions earlier, and I ran out of uh, little little grenadine that I like to splash on at the end. So I started using like. Class Formula Forty Four, the cough syrup. <laughs> really? No, a little you bit. <laughs> Dude, cough syrup cocktails. This guy's gonna be zonked out within like. Five no, it's good. It was the non-drowsy. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> non-drowsy for life, baby. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. All right. Well, good luck. Thanks, boys. Yeah. On this journey, I'm here for you. I like. I like experimentation i'm all about it I, <laughs> it works <proof. laughs> dateline dateline <laughs> the royal poinciana neighborhood of hollywood florida Ooh. 1993 holy shit yeah. my friend jeff lives there oh, jeff shout out yeah. to jeff jeff what's up this, dummy the story's jeff. about jeff 
fucking Jeff. <laughs> um, Bobby Kent was born on May 12, 1973, Ooh. to a middle-class Iranian immigrant family. The father was a very successful stockbroker, and the mother was a stay-at-home mom to Bobby and his older sister. His uh, older sister. She cute. Oh, sorry. My bad. Uh, the Kents were one of many, you know, well-off families living in the Royal Poinciana area. Not rich, but, you know, upper middle class types. You know, in front of family and friends and other adults, Bobby was seen as a model child. He was well-behaved. He was polite. He was a good student. That kind of shit. But with the kids his own age, Bobby was known as to be an absolute abusive bully just a fucking asshole what did the parents do (laughs) it's always that (laughs) uh bobby befriended a neighborhood kid named marty puccio hey marty puccio hey down the street that's a marty puccio this is my friend marty puccio hey puccio get over here hey i'm marty puccio Hollywood, Florida. Hey, Bobby. Bobby K. Let's be friends. Oh. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> this fucking guy. So they they met in the third grade. Holy fuck. Hey, what's hey, up? look at this. We're little fucking kids over here. Forget about it. This guy looks like Jersey Shore. Come to life. That's what he looked like in third grade, too. Real beefcake. <laughs> <laughs> Their families lived on the same block, and the two became inseparable. They were best friends. But it didn't take long for Bobby to start treating Marty like shit. He was bossy, impatient, cruel to his friend. He's a real dick. The two would eventually attend South Broward High together. They became obsessed with working out. They would do steroids together and hit the Hollywood YMCA gym every day. For hours and hours. You don't say. <laughs> that fucking Goomba <laughs> over there. Hey. Guy's neck goes straight into his chin. Yeah. <laughs> At night, uh, they'd go surfing in North Beach in Hollywood. Uh, Marty was actually an exceptional surfer. He could have gone pro if he wanted to. But uh, Bobby wasn't as good. And that bothered Bobby. And he would take out his frustrations on Marty. He would shove him and punch him all the time just because he was a better surfer than him. Roid rage. Yeah. It's a real thing. What are you doing going around surfing better than me? Fuck out of here. Anytime Marty would walk away in anger from being constantly bullied and abused uh, by Bobby, Bobby would immediately apologize, tell Marty that he was his best friend. He won't do it again. I'm so sorry, bro. Where have I heard that before? But at one point, the abuse got so bad and relentless that Marty begged his parents to move to another city. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, but he never told them why he wanted to move away so badly, so they just sent him to live with relatives in New York. Bobby Puccio, New York. Hey, back where I belong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's so stupid. Let's keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, he stayed in New York for a while, but then he came back, and when he did, he went back to being friends with Bobby. Bobby Kent drove a black Camaro. Nice. You can believe that. 
I hope it's a. It was an IROC Z. Please tell me it's an IROC Z. <laughs> yeah. IROC bro. Um, one night when the two were cruising around, he let Marty drive, and at one point, Marty was forced to swerve the car to avoid hitting another car that kind of abruptly stopped in front of them. And when he did that, he drove the Camaro up and over the sidewalk, and he slammed the front right tire on the curb. And this pissed Bobby off, and he punched Marty so hard in the face, he gave him a bloody nose. So that was, on and on it went. This was their relationship. Any little thing Marty did to annoy Bobby, Bobby would punch him and beat him. So yeah, whenever Marty would come home after a day of hanging out with Bobby, his parents would notice that he was always battered or bruised, and sometimes he was bleeding. And Marty would play it off as the two were just roughhousing and wrestling together. Yeah, because oh. that's a fucking normal thing. <laughs> Marty had a significant crush on good old Bobby here or something. Like, man, bro, stop hanging with this guy. Bobby would even often sick his Doberman on Marty from time to time just for a laugh. Wow. Say Doberman? Yeah. <laughs> He'd sick his dog on him. Such an eight. 80s dog. Very 80s dog. Yeah, it's very 80s dog. <laughs> <laughs> Why are Dobermans so popular in the 80s? Because they fucking ruled and they looked like attack dogs. Yeah, they look pretty pretty uh, badass. But then they, they're not as popular anymore. It's very strange. Yeah, you know, dogs go in, they go out, you know. Let's let's bring it back. I want to bring back Dobermans. It's cyclical. Yeah. It really is. Uh, in the spring of 92, Bobby got a job working at the Sheridan Street Publix. Oh, shit. Yeah. He worked in the deli. Nice. And then he helped Marty get a job there. And at one point, the two began picking on a mentally disabled co-worker. Oh, sounds great. Yeah. When this guy, the disabled man, would finish a shift, he'd go and buy groceries for himself. And whenever Bobby and Marty saw him doing that, they would follow him to his car he would, he would carry his groceries to his car and they would get a football from barb uh, bobby's car and they would repeatedly throw it at the man's head to see which one could knock him down first these guys are so cliche man fucking <laughs> 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 80s movies yeah. <laughs> 80s like who uh who was their other friend the, the guy from karate kid what's his name uh, <laughs> johnny lawrence William Zabka. <laughs> Um, neither Bobby nor Marty were satisfied with the work hours that they were getting uh, or the money they were making. So they looked for other ways to make cash. And one way was to go to a nearby uh, gay strip club and become male strippers. That's how I made it. <laughs> still, and you're still, you're still making it right now. I think. Oh yeah. yeah. Current job. I can't leave it, man. I can't leave it behind. <laughs> Y'all see this chest? Oh my God. It's so, it's so, broad it is if you ladies would see it so vast yeah so much to it we're gonna save this video (laughs) drink it in boys straight to youtube (laughs) marty soon uh grew tired of dancing just wasn't making enough money so he wanted to stop but bobby threatened marty by telling him if he stopped he would start a rumor at school that marty was gay you better not stop dancing at that gay strip club because <laughs> or I'm going to start gay. telling everybody that you're gay. <laughs> How stupid is uh, Marty, man? <laughs> Obviously, he's Sorry. freaking dumb. Yeah, I, I mean, 
I don't know what happens to him, but like, (laughs) real rough go so far. But then Bobby would soon realize that Marty was right. There just wasn't enough money. Yeah. Well, I wonder where this is going to go. If there's not (laughs) enough money in stripping, (laughs) then you're just not doing it right. Apparently not. Uh, But they both quit. They both quit dancing. um, So they had to find another way to make money. So Bobby and Marty befriended a 40-year-old man named Larry Schaefer at the Hollywood YMCA. Yeah, this doesn't sound like we're going into another (laughs) gay strip club. (laughs) Uh, Larry was gay. Um, So to get closer to him, to to make friends with him, Bobby and Marty would joke that they were gay lovers. And the main thing was they wanted to get close to him so they can try to sell him steroids. So (laughs) Bobby... The only guy they could sell steroids. Yeah, they're like, Bobby approached Larry and like asked him if he was interested in buying steroids. But Larry was like not interested. He was, he was not interested in steroids. He said no. But uh, Marty noticed that Larry was attracted to him. <laughs> yeah, Larry's like, uh, I had something else in mind. Like, you guys just want to <laughs> fuck each other in front of me and uh, this is, I'll pay you a few bucks. These guys, <laughs> these guys are so stupid. It's like, yo, oh, this one guy at the YMCA, let's pretend we're gay lovers so we can sell him steroids. <laughs> the guy who totally is not interested oh in steroids yeah. whatsoever. It's plan, dude. Guys, just cut out let's, the man. Yeah, just you know what? Right here, let's it's just, fun. let's just. Let's just do the gay thing so he'll buy our drugs. The only guy that we're focusing on. Not not all these other guys in the workout room at the YMCA. Just Larry. Yeah. So, yeah, Marty noticed Larry was attracted to him, and he offered to have phone sex with Larry once a week for $25 a call. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh and Larry accepted. So every every week, Marty would call him from his parents' house. And, hey, Ma, don't pick up the phone. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say this is this is this is the time of landlines. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, Ma don't picks pick up. up to your what phone. are you? What are you doing? Who are you talking to? Who are you talking to like that? I need to call Gladys. <laughs> oh, I'm on the He's phone. Back. I'm on the phone, Ma. Hang up. Anyway, taking off your clothes and putting my hand down your pants. Ma! Um, I'm, over here, I'm over here stroking your cupcake dick. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this would eventually lead Bobby and Martin, Marty to come up with another plan to make some money. Uh, they hatched a plan to make gay porn videos with Larry to sell to local gay bookstores and video rental stores. <laughs> now, listen, we don't want people knowing we're gay. <laughs> I'm going to tell everybody you're gay. If you don't do this super gay thing, that is going to be distributed. We're just doing this for extra cash. <laughs> no, no, they themselves would not be in the movies. They would, they would just direct and produce. They had Larry oh, okay. I thought they... perform. Wait, What's, yeah. Is that the next idea? Do I just need to wait? <laughs> it keeps evolving. Yeah. Eventually they fuck. Yeah. No. Um, so they they asked Larry if he wanted to star in the movie, and they would ask him if he can just perform in front of the camera, and that would be the movie under their direction. Uh, and they had a plan to make a bunch of them because Larry was into it. <laughs> but they ended up making one movie, 
<laughs> in uh, the one movie was titled Rough Boys. <laughs> oh man! Um, Topic they know um, about. Right? What you know? <laughs> See here. Yeah, you're going to drive my know? car and hit a curb. I'm going to punch you in the face, and then we're going to fuck on the hood. Yeah, suck my cack. <laughs> uh, yeah, Bobby and Marty had Larry perform sexual acts on himself with a dildo. The movie showed Larry stripping off his clothes and then using a dildo on himself. And off camera, you could hear Marty giving him directions and saying things like, quote, oh, yeah, stick that thing up there. <laughs> Do the voice, Chris. <laughs> Do the voice, Chris. I have that letter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Stick that thing up there. Yeah. It's good. Now do um, it slower. Do the voice, but do it slower. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> what? And you're not wearing a shirt. <laughs> um, I ain't wearing pants either. <laughs> the Oh, and Bobby would be giggling in the background. You could also hear him just giggling. <laughs> It's really poorly made. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the picture and audio quality of the video was so shitty that anyone they tried selling a tape to just wouldn't buy it. They're like, this is fucking terrible. <laughs> We're not interested. Fucking camcorder. It's on a beta. Yeah, beta exactly. Yeah. <laughs> shit camcorder video. Um, so Bobby and Marty were stuck with this one gay porno tape of Larry performing on himself. <laughs> and, uh, we have a thousand copies. What they would do is they would just show the movie to girlfriends who, to gross them out. Like that became a new thing for them. <laughs> wow. <laughs> These guys are so dumb. Yeah. They would have girls over because they're like good looking kids, but then they're fucking morons. So the kid, the girls would hang out and they're like, Hey, look, can we show you something? Oh my and God. then just show them the video of Larry. These guys are... we, we made him do this. We told him what to do, and he did it. That's me giving direction over there. That's me laughing. (laughs) 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 Uh, Yeah, Bobby would even often sometimes bring out the actual dildo from the movie. He'd make Marty put the uh, the dildo in his mouth in front of the girl. It's like humiliating. Oh, Um, man. Yeah. The girls that hung out with Bob, with the boys knew Bobby could be volatile. Among them was a girl named Catherine. Bobby walked up to her and just grabbed her breasts, just groped her. I do that to my wife all the time. I, right. But she yes, welcomes yes. it, I assume. <laughs> ah, right. Difference. <laughs> big, big difference. <laughs> so she shoved him. He lost his balance and he fell. And then when he got back up, he slapped Catherine across the face and then got into a fighting stance. Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> Let's go, bitch. Square up. Square <laughs> up, Catherine. Catherine. So Catherine told him to leave or she'd call the cops, and so he left. Bobby would then go on to graduate from South Broward High in 91-92, but uh, Marty himself actually dropped out in the 11th grade. Just before Christmas of 1992, 18-year-old Lisa Connolly and her friend Allie Willis went to the Sheridan Street Publix to get themselves some pub subs. Hell yeah. Chicken tenders on sale that day. Yum. Working the deli that day was Bobby and Marty. What? The the girls were immediately struck by the hunky boys. (laughs) They were both very muscular. They were about the same age as the girls. The girls were into them. 
Allie immediately began flirting with Bobby. Bobby made the girls subs without wearing gloves. So when Allie noticed this, she said, quote, hey, aren't you supposed to put on cellophane gloves? I don't know where those hands have been. And the two began making sex jokes about where Bobby's hands might have been while he's making a pub sub. So he's ruining the fucking sub. <laughs> so sub is ruined. The sub's fucked up. I don't trust this idiot to make a sub anyway. The, yeah. The banter, probably stupid. Yeah, horrible. Like, where the hands <laughs> been? Hey, uh, this is how I handle meat. What can I tell you? <laughs> my hands been up my ass crack. I don't like condoms and I don't like them on my hands either. Wait. I'm going to grab this baloney <laughs> right here, huh? Huh? <laughs> exactly. You want a foot long or you want to? It's hard being this stupid. <laughs> Bobby noticed that the girls had been sh- had shopping bags on them. Uh, the shopping bags were from a nearby swimsuit shop. So he said, quote, got a new swimsuit. Yo, that was a fucking great quote. You went to the depths <laughs> of research for that one, didn't you? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, no, asshole, these are shoes. Yes, I went to the swimsuit. <laughs> So Lisa, Lisa was like, yes. And then Bobby uh, turned to Marty and he shoved him so hard, Marty stumbled against the counter. And then Bobby said to him, quote, hey, asshole, ask the bitches to meet us at North Beach. We'll potty. <laughs> wow. So Marty asked the girls if they wanted to hang out with him at North Beach Park after work. And while he was doing that, Bobby looked at the girls. He looked them over and he, he noticed that Lisa was heavy set. And then Allie had more of an athletic build. And then Allie spoke up and agreed to meet with the boys after work. And then Bobby responded, quote, great, babe. You can be my date. My friend here is into full-figured gals. This guy's a fucking mook. And Marty responded, hey, fuck you, asshole. Lisa said to Allie, quote, he was making fun of me. And Allie responded, quote, no shit, Lisa. He was just being an asshole. Guys are like that. No, they're not like that. Assholes are like that. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part. My favorite part of that whole scenario is he shoves Marty into the counter, knocks him down, and then tells him to ask the girls out for him. Like I, I can't yeah. be seen. I can't be seen talking to girls. People think I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the four of them hung out at the beach. And then they decided to go out and party, get some, try to get some liquor. Uh, they got into Bobby's Camaro and they drove up and down A1A, smoking weed and looking for a liquor store. When they found one, Bobby told Marty to get out and buy some tequila. Marty asked Bobby to chip in some cash. And then Bobby grabbed Marty's ear and began twisting it. He said, quote, what's that, boy? What did you say, boy? Did you say, yes, sir, boss? I sure will buy that booze for you now, boss. This fucking guy. <laughs> wow. Real Marty. Stand up for yourself, buddy. Man. So Marty tried to laugh it off in front of the girls, but this made Bobby twist his ear even harder until Marty screamed in pain, <clears throat> and then Bobby finally let him go. Marty still no. Did you guys know that it only takes 25 pounds of pressure to pull an ear off of a human head? No. No. Now, now you do. Do you uh, do yeah, that? Well, dude. 
I don't know why, but I did. I knew a guy named Bobby, and uh, <laughs> I knew I knew this guy <laughs> named Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> so Marty stormed out of the car, all pissed off to get the, the booze. And from the back seat, Allie told Bobby that he was he was an asshole. And Bobby responded, "Ooh, baby, you know what I like." Then he told her to come up to the front to sit with him, Uh, saying, Come uh, on, babe. I'm starting to dig you a little bit. uh, This guy's (laughs) game is terrible. Hey. Uh, It's it's weirdly working. It's clearly working on these poor people. I mean, lacking some self confidence. So they all drank some tequila in the parked car and they smoked some more weed. Uh, Then they drove back onto A1A and they drove around some more with Bobby at the wheel. And then he turned into an alley and parked, and then he grabbed Allie by the shoulders and forced her head down towards his crotch, saying, Welcome to the party, bitch. Oh my God. Wow. Bobby. Allie responded by pulling back, like pulled her head back, but then she started making out with him. What? Yeah. Unfortunately, and then Bobby and Allie. That's how I love these broads all crazy like this. This is this is the MTV Spring Break era. They, yeah, they had they had <laughs> sex in the front seat of the car, and then Marty made his move, and then him and Lisa had sex in the back seat. Wow, acrobatic <laughs> maneuvering in a. Listen, man, they probably had a T-top. You just take that thing off and, like, uh, I'll show you later. So, okay, yeah, following this night of uh, unrivaled romance, um, Bobby and Allie began dating. And then after that, Marty and Lisa also became a couple. It didn't what? take long before Bobby began to make to be abusive toward Allie. You don't say. <laughs> Specifically, he would uh, often make make her satisfy his impulsive and bizarre sexual behavior, including forcing her to watch the gay porn tape that they had made before they would have sex. Wow. This is still a thing. (laughs) I mean, like it's, I've seen it like 35 (laughs) times now, Bobby. He put the tape in the VCR and he would hold her head and force her to watch it. And if she looked away, he would slap her across the head. Another thing is whenever they'd have sex, Bobby would say things like, tell me that I'm the best you've ever had. And if she failed to say it, he would hit her. Allie herself had a bit of a troubled past. You know, she was 18, but she already had a kid with a previous boyfriend. She was a single mom. Her mother was actually raising the child up in Palm Bay. And Allie also had been busted a few times for prostitution. She became embroiled with a local pimp who put her to work when she was just 14. Good God. Yeah, but Allie wanted to put all that shit behind her, get her life together. She really actually wanted to go take the kid and raise the kid on her own, take responsibility. Uh, But she hadn't told any of this to Bobby. He had no idea any of this was her past. And Marty himself was actually an abusive piece of shit. He often called Lisa fat ass or Shamu, the killer whale. And he would constantly verbally abuse her. One day, Lisa's mother walked in on her crying on the phone. She overheard Lisa saying, don't ever hit me again. So Lisa's mother snatched the phone away. She spoke spoke into it. She's like, did you hit my daughter? And there was no answer. 
So she said again, is that a hard question for you to answer, Marty? Did you hit my daughter, yes or no? And Marty finally answered, the only thing I can say to you, lady, is that you're a pig and so is your dog. He's trying to live up to his uh, best friend's example. So one particular night, the two couples went out drinking with a group of friends. One of the friends, a girl named Susan, had like too much to drink, so she like puked in Bobby's car. Uh-oh. Yeah. Bobby pulled over, and he threatened to beat her up until she was unconscious, and then he would dump her body in the middle of Liberty City. For our listeners that don't know, like Liberty City is predominantly black. It's a black neighborhood. So saying this to someone is not only like violent and abusive, it's also fucking racist. Um, yeah. Another time, Lisa and Marty were hanging out at Bobby's house. Bobby had Marty make him a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and when Marty couldn't get the lid back on the jar, Bobby slapped him really hard. What in the shit? <laughs> so it's a fucking oh my god! For yeah. My, first off, Marty, why are you making your friend a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? <laughs> yeah. It's really oh not that hard, man. Make it yourself. Is... Um, so one day while at a friend's house, Bobby and Allie got into an argument and he slapped her and he pushed her up against the wall. So after this incident, Allie knew she could never tell Bobby about her past or that she had a kid. Uh, she was afraid for both her safety and the safety of the child. So she filed an abuse report with Hollywood police and then she broke things off with Bobby. Uh, throughout all this time, Lisa had stayed out of Bobby and Marty's relationship, even though she had hated the way Bobby treated him. But Lisa had fallen deeply in love with Marty. Who also abused the shit out of him. Right. And she was afraid, like, if she interfered or got in between them, Marty would choose Bobby over her and break up with him. The infatuation also kept Lisa from leaving Marty whenever he abused her. So there's just toxicity everywhere. (laughs) Toxicity in peanut butter sandwiches. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Peanut butter sandwiches usually bring people together and <laughs> more therapy, less peanut butter sandwiches. <laughs> Fuck. Uh Lisa's cousin Derek would often find himself having to pick Lisa up from random places. Marty would just drop her off after they've had a fight. Who the fuck is Derek? <laughs> this guy is a new oh. character in the story. Siege doesn't like new characters. Don't. <laughs> Please don't bring them up. So, he's important. I can he's only take so much. much. I mean, this is quite the the try not even like rectangle going on here. Like it's uh, <laughs> yeah. it's a little complicated. Keeping up. Listen, you just you just dropped Derek right now. Okay, so Derek <laughs> Derek is Lisa's cousin, cousin Derek. And the point is, anyway, Derek shows up. What Lisa, no, wait, Lisa and Marty would have fights. <laughs> And then Marty would just leave her. Like, he'd kick her out of his, the car or whatever, and he'd drive off, and she'd be in the middle of nowhere, so she would have to call Derek to come get her. And then one time, okay. Derek, cousin Derek, went to pick Lisa up at Marty's house, and he walked in on them showing a group of friends the gay porn video that they made. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> this fucking tape, man. <laughs> keeps coming back. <laughs> uh, God. <laughs> So Derek remembers Marty looking at him and saying, isn't this neat? 
And the cousin Derek was like, "No, it's not. It's, I'll be it's outside." It's not Citizen Kane, guys. Just <laughs> fucking show something else. Make another one if you want to. <laughs> yeah. How pissed was Larry that he didn't get any royalties? Oh, on right, poor Larry. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's completely out of the story, and he's like, "I got nothing." Yeah, I got a dildo. <laughs> he doesn't he even have a, shit, a dildo. Marty has a shitty dildo. Uh, that's my dildo. I want it back. Um, yeah, so basically, cousin Derek became Lisa's kind of de facto bodyguard. He was big and burly. He was a high school dropout. He actually made money selling Papa John's pizzas in the Joe Robbie Stadium parking lot. Hell yeah! <laughs> nope. Uh, I probably, I probably bought pizzas. For yeah, was ahead of his time because now they sell it in the stadium. The young entrepreneur. Yeah. Good job, cousin Derek. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you shot up the ranks quick. <laughs> All it took go, was you dude. slinging around some shitty pizza, <laughs> shitty pizza, and like defending Lisa's yeah. honor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, you know, Lisa felt safer knowing she could page him at any time. She'd page him. Right. Beepers were a thing. Yeah. Hell yeah! I still got. <laughs> I still have two beepers. Don't knock them. Um, boobless. My, my arch pagers. <laughs> but Lisa also knew that she had Bobby to deal with. You know, even though Derek was kind of protecting her from Marty, there was also the problem with Bobby. Are your pagers is one for Bobby and the other one's for Marty? So they can contact <laughs> you. That would a good idea. <laughs> Sorry, it took me a minute to put that joke together. I really wanted to get it out. 823-142-43-911. <laughs> Um, so yeah, in Lisa's mind, if Marty could just walk away from his friendship with Bobby, he'd stop. He himself would then stop beating her up. He'd get his own life together and then the two could be together forever. That was Lisa's mindset. Um, one day Marty showed up to Lisa's house with a black eye. And when she asked him what happened, he said he had got into a fight with some guys, but Lisa knew it was from Bobby. Bobby. Yeah. So she asked Marty, you know, what was the deal with this guy who was bullying you? And Marty said, that's just the way we've always been since we were kids. And Lisa asked Marty if, she, if he thought that there might be something wrong with Bobby psychologically. What, what, would, give you, what would give you that idea? <laughs> <laughs> there were no clues. <laughs> no context clues here and there, you know. Uh, hard no. Um, yeah, this led to Marty admitting that he was afraid of Bobby and that he had tried many times in their friendships, but that Bobby would always kind of pry his way back in his good graces. And so Marty told Lisa, quote, the only way to stop Bobby is to kill him. Dun, dun, dun. Damn, Lisa <laughs> went there. All right. <laughs> yeah, Bobby's, like like Lisa. The, Bobby's like a Terminator, friendship Terminator. Just <laughs> the only way to get rid of him is to kill him. <laughs> it was around this time that things got even more complicated when Lisa learned that she was pregnant with Marty's baby. Ooh, uh, teenage yeah, yeah. pregnancy. Aww. Afraid for this Marty. Is just like succession. <laughs> afraid for Marty and afraid for, uh, of how Bobby would react to this news that she was pregnant with his best friend's baby. Lisa remembered how Allie had left Bobby to protect her own child. 
and Lee, and she found out, you know, Allie had moved back to Palm Bay and she'd be living with her, her parents. And she had a new relationship with a boy named uh, Donnie Semenak. It's her new guy. It's her new guy. Before he even asked a question. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you who he was. Donnie Semenak was a high school dropout. Oh, thank you, Chris. He was also a DJ. <laughs> Although the only gig he had to his name was spinning at a friend's birthday party. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I am a DJ, though. I have DJ'd. DJ Donnie. Uh, Allie was clearly out of Donnie's league. Uh, she had money. She had a car. She was attractive. Um, this meant that she had Donnie basically wrapped around her finger. Donnie's mother, Donna, would say, <laughs> oh, Jesus. quote, he was mesmerized by her. He was blinded. I swear to God. I swear to God, he was blinded by him. my boy Donnie. Donnie and Allie, Allie He's a good and Donnie. boy. He's a DJ. Um, so Lisa called Allie and told her all about her pregnancy. And she also t- told Allie that she had grown tired of Bobby's bullying, his mistreatment and abuse of Marty, his mistreatment of her friends. And she was still mad about how he abused Allie herself when they were dating. And then Allie was like, all right, what's really on your mind here? And Lisa told Allie that her mom had a gun in the house. And then she said, quote, we're going to shoot him. Do you want to lend a hand? (laughs) Nice. Let's see. I have a son. I'm getting my life together. I'm dating this cool DJ guy who's only DJed one party. I'm in. I'm all the the way up here on the Space Coast. (laughs) I'm going to do it. Uh, yeah, Allie laughed it off at first, but then the more they talked about it, the more Allie was convinced that Bobby needed to be dealt with and that he had it coming. It's exactly how Roger described it. <laughs> I hate it when I'm right. <laughs> uh, secretly, though, Lisa wanted Allie to talk her out of it, but da- Allie actually ended up doing the opposite. She really liked the idea. So Allie said, yes. Let's fucking go. <laughs> she said, yes. And then she recruited DJ Donnie to come help out. Oh, DJ, DJ Donnie. <laughs> <laughs> so when Lisa hung up with Allie, she. Boogie, woogie, woogie. Stuff he used to say. <laughs> Lisa hung up with Allie. She had she headed to the subway by her house for lunch. So at the subway, she ran into Susan, uh, the girl who had thrown up in Bobby's car. Yeah. Oh, what's up, girl? How you doing? Puking. <laughs> so she told Susan that Bobby was gonna get what he was coming. In. Lisa said to her, "Quote: He's gonna get shot. You know, he's really gonna get it." <laughs> now they're just selling everybody. Yeah, and Susan was like, whatever, all right. And she just moved on with her day. Who the fuck uh, is Susan? <laughs> yeah, who the fuck is Susan? She's the pukey girl. Oh, oh, man. Um, I would think she would be in super in on Yeah, it. I think that's why Lisa told her. Like, remember when he yeah. fucking threatened to punch you and knock you out? She's like, oh, yeah, what happened? Exactly. I hear, I'm here for my foot long, $5 foot long. Um, 
Make me a sub. <laughs> they wear gloves here, you know. <laughs> the next day, on July 13th, uh, Allie and her boyfriend, Donnie, jumped into her red Mustang to go meet with Lisa. On the way there, they picked up a friend of Allie's, an 18-year-old girl named Heather Swallows. Heather oh. was a girl... <laughs> We're going to keep moving on. Heather was a girl that <laughs> Allie um, knew... During her prostitution days, they were both young sex workers, troubled. Uh, Heather, her family history is really fucking <laughs> fucked up. Her grandfather, Heather's grandfather, had been arrested in Illinois for murdering her grandmother with a claw hammer and then having sex with the corpse. Ah. Oh. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Um, the whole thing. It's a whole little story happening there. Um, Heather's mother was actually present when all this was happening. This was when Heather's mother was a child. She saw it all go down. And uh, so Heather grew up in this environment, very fucked up. Um, and this led her to sort of get into drugs as a young girl, and she became a prostitute. And then her and Allie became buddies. Um Anyway, moving on. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Lisa snuck into her mother's room and took the twenty-five caliber auto-loading Beretta from the nightstand, and it was fully loaded. Shoved it into her purse, and uh, and then Lisa went and showed the gun to her sixteen-year-old neighbor Eileen Trainer and explained what they were going to do. Saying Marty wants me. Fuck is Eileen Trainer? It's just another person involved that now Lisa is telling. Quote: Marty wants me to do it. I told him I would. Listen, I, I just I just have a little commentary here <laughs> for all the uh, assholes who are going to murder. Sure. Don't do don't murder assholes. <laughs> um, stop telling people. <laughs> Like, stop involving the entire goddamn well, community I mean, think about who we're talking in your about. murder. We're not talking about, like, seasoned fucking assassins. We're talking about, like, 16, 17-year-old kids in, like, early 90s stupid land. Oh, my God, dude. So, yeah, much like Allie and Heather, Eileen herself had a checkered past, and she had been arrested a couple times as well for uh, prostitution in her younger years. As does everyone in Florida, so it's like whatever. She actually made the news because she had performed oral sex on a undercover cop, and the cop got busted and he got fired and she was arrested. Now, just want to make a quick note about the sources that I got this from. Um, one of the main ones was is a 1993 Miami Herald Tropic Magazine Sunday insert. Remember those? Hell yeah. This one was called, do, do These Kids Look Like Future Killers? And the cover is like pictures of, of these kids when they were babies and toddlers. Like, do these kids look like future killers? And on the bottom, I read, quote, If you've been worried about the combined effect of our children, of disintegrating families, pornography, crime, violence, and the breakdown of values, worry harder. Oh, God. And so, also, like, a lot of these were so, underage. That's so fucking like, what are you doing? That's so photos? fucking Miami Herald. It's so dude. Miami Herald boomer bullshit. So, 
It's a really well-reported piece, but a lot of it is like, these girls are hookers. Look at them. This is going to happen to your kids. So that's why all this crazy info is coming out. How about about beware of body? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And the one sex tape. Yeah, yeah. And the piece itself was very nice to Bobby. Of course, we have other sources that say different. But anyway, just to that's why all this stuff keeps coming up with these girls are like troubled. It's fucked up, but it's a well reported piece and a lot of the info came from that. Um so anyway. Uh so yeah, Lisa told Eileen that she was she was afraid to use the gun, her mom's gun, mainly because she knew that cops could use ballistics to trace it back to her mom. So she was a little hesitant to use it as the murder weapon. So Eileen, knowing her past, knew some shady people. She she suggested to Lisa to maybe hire a hitman. And Lisa asked her if she knew of any. And Eileen pointed her in the direction of a kid named Derek Kaufman. Another Derek. Say. (laughs) Who the fuck is Derek? (laughs) This is another Derek. Derek Kaufman was a self-proclaimed hitman. He claimed to be a member of a Broward gang called the Crazy Motherfuckers. Wow, that's a fucking great great name. name. Way to to lock that one down. (laughs) That was definitely, definitely (laughs) 1993. Your friend's like, I'm going to start a gang. What's it called? Crazy Motherfuckers. (laughs) Crazy Motherfuckers. That's awesome. Big old CMF spray painted on the side of a fucking train. Yeah, It gets better. Derek was a 20-year-old kid who lived with his mom and his stepdad in Weston. Oh, my God. (laughs) So he's just a rich white kid. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Crazy. He had no job, didn't go to school, and had a record for, like, dealing stolen property and grand theft and, like, carrying a concealed weapon, but nothing major. He had a tattoo of a dragon on his right arm next to the letter CMF. Crazy motherfucker. Crazy motherfucker. Oh, how, how how low was the Honda Civic that he drove around in? <laughs> and what color lights did he have under it? And how much did his stepdad well, pay for? Yeah. Had 13-inch rims on it. <laughs> like, Can't even go over they were like speed bump. <laughs> they were 13 exactly. inches wide, too. Derek would often tell the other Western neighborhood kids that he was in the mafia. Okay. Sure, Derek Kaufman. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's no there's no Derek's in the goddamn mafia. I don't care like what what chapter like I don't care what family like, you're in. How much there's no Derek. that particular crime family has been like murdered by another one. There's not gonna if be a Derek, Derek that rises the ranks in that. Yeah, you're you're never gonna be more than a Goomba. Yeah. As a Derek. <laughs> there's Louie, there's Bugsy, there's Derek. Doesn't <laughs> quite fit. Um, yeah, his stepdad would describe him as, quote, a big baby who's never got into a fight in his life. <laughs> Very stepdad. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, what's up, stepdad? Oh, my God. Uh, Derek, yeah. Fuck that guy. <laughs> He's constantly interrupting his mom and I. This fucking dumb. <laughs> tired of his shit. I want him out. Uh, he's part of the package, unfortunately. <laughs> Big baby. Um, Leave my son alone. <laughs> so Lisa called this guy Derek, and he uh, and told him that she needed to hire him. 
And he told her to meet him, meet him somewhere so they can talk about it. So Lisa, Allie, Heather, Eileen, and Donnie, the DJ, met with Derek at a pizza hut and told him what they wanted to have done. Yo, back at that time, Pizza Hut had those fucking all-you-can-eat pizza Yeah, a little buffet. <laughs> Not bad. Hell yeah, man. Pizza buffet. Uh, so Derek was, like, skeptical at first, um, but both the girls sounded really determined to get this done and said Lisa, quote, I want him dead tonight. Derek said he needed to borrow a gun first and that maybe they should wait a day or two until he found one. And he told them to think about what they wanted to do. While he ate a cheesy crust. <laughs> pan, pan pizza with the, the, the meat lovers. Yeah. What you want to do is think about it. Supreme. Oh, pizza. You get a slice of Supreme. Uh, mostly, though, Derek kept insisting that he needed to find an, an untraceable gun before they could do anything, which was probably bullshit because he probably didn't know where to get one. <laughs> untraceable yeah. gun so as they left the pizza okay. hut uh lisa expressed her own second thoughts to ali saying maybe maybe Derek was right maybe they shouldn't do it maybe they should just call the whole thing off and ali turned to her and said i want him dead and lisa said okay <laughs> yeah, really a lot of pushback there from lisa <laughs> <laughs> Lisa originally I, I need you to talk me out of this Allie's like fuck no dude we're doing this shit I'm driving all the way down from Melbourne to get down here and fuck shit up I don't care how full we are from those fucking breaded thick breaded crusts yeah. <laughs> that fake parmesan we'll take a nap and we'll do it right after let's go yeah <laughs> Oh man, the girls. Um, yeah, the girls. Basically, that they they didn't want to wait. They didn't want to wait for Derek. Derek, they're fucking. They're Mister Black. Or <laughs> <laughs> this guy's a fucking cri- like crime brain. Unreal, Kaufman. So yeah, Lisa's like, I'm gonna go get my mom's gun, and they dropped Heather, Eileen, and Donnie off at their at, at I think Allie's house or someone's house. Maybe it might have been Heather's house. So it was just Allie and Lisa. And then they drove to Bobby's. And around 10 p.m., they picked Bobby up. And Lisa went up to the door, and she was like, Allie's in the car. She wants to fuck you. You know, just come come hang out with us. And Bobby's like, all right. Yeah, there's no way Bobby would have even thought a, <laughs> for a second right. that this is a little <laughs> yeah. suspicious. So, I'll, be right, I'll be right out. That 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 dude, that that dude only listens to his dick. Like there, like there was like no brain in yeah. there. There was just like dick. <laughs> it's just another dick up there. <laughs> it's dicks on dicks. <laughs> the uh, so yeah, the three drove out to a, des- uh, a deserted, undeveloped area in Weston near a limestone quarry overlooking a lake. Um, they pulled over and they parked in a deserted area across the Windmill Ranch Estates where you could see Dan Marino's house. Why are you looking at Dan Marino's house? 93, yo. He was all healing oh, from man. an ACL tear. <laughs> Fucking Scott. Greg Cody traded him for Scott to keep Scott Mitchell. <laughs> Fucking Greg Cody. I remember that article. Son of a bitch. We're boring our listeners. All right. So Allie and Bobby 
uh, you know, they were in the front seat. They started fooling around, and Lisa was in the back seat with the gun, and she was just waiting for the right opportunity. But Lisa chickened out at the last minute. She just couldn't do it. Couldn't pull the trigger. They drove to Marty's house to go hang out with him. And Bobby, oblivious to like having him that close to just getting shot, he uh, they all went out and they, he took Allie by the hand and he led her to the guest cottage in the back of Marty's house so they could be alone. Uh, Bobby sat on the bed in the, in the cottage and he said, quote, I know you still love me. I know you still want to get back together with me. Where did that come from, Bobby? And <laughs> Allie says, like, Allie said, no, I don't. I'm not, not interested. And that's when Bobby pushed her on the bed, took her clothes off, and raped her. Allie tried to scream, but he had his hand over her mouth. Afterwards, Lisa, Allie, Donnie, Heather, and Eileen all met up again without Bobby, and Allie told them what had happened at the cottage because Bobby had gone home. So Allie told all the kids that he raped me, and Lisa immediately called Marty and said, quote, he's got to be killed. He can't be allowed to live no more. He's making too many people miserable. It's about time he got payback. So the next morning on July 14, 1993, the group decided that they didn't want to wait for Derek to find a gun. Uh, and they also ruled out using Lisa's mom's gun. So they went with plan B, knives and baseball bats. Marty had a scuba knife. What? And Allie's boyfriend, DJ Donnie, had his brother's military-grade hunting knife. And heavy record players. <laughs> Not now, Donnie. Um, Call DJ the murder. Donnie, we, we don't... <laughs> that's not a thing. We don't, need, we don't need that. Thank you. I need jobs, man. I need to, I need to pad my resume if I'm going to get more gigs. You can't hear screams over the Jamaican air horns. <laughs> so Lisa's plan... Was you know she told Marty to to tell Bobby to meet him at the gym, and then tell him that Allie wanted to get back together with him. And she told him to arrange a meeting at the quarry, at the same place they were hanging out the night before. Allie, poor Allie is like the fucking the bait for every situation to try to kill this guy twice. Uh, so Lisa then paged her cousin Derek. Yo, cousin and, Derek's uh, back. <laughs> he's All right. Back. Uh, My guy. <laughs> she told him about what had happened with Bobby, how she he had raped Allie, and that she needed him to get him some get them some baseball bats. Like, but wait, you went to a pizza hut? Instead of getting pizza from me? <laughs> <laughs> For her part, Lisa seemed adamant about getting it done that night. All she would talk about all day was killing Bobby. And this began to freak some of the others out. So Heather called her boyfriend to come pick her up, but he said no. Nah. Fucking what a what a <laughs> great um, guy. Donnie, DJ DJ Donnie called his own friend, his buddy, and told him that he was with a group of kids who were gonna kill someone. Oh, we're guy. gonna kill a guy. Oh my god. Yeah. He's like, oh my god. <laughs> Stop so friend telling everyone. We're going to kill a guy. Stop <laughs> telling everyone. 
Well, he told him out of fear. He was he was freaking out. He's like, he's I'm with some dudes and they just want to kill this guy. So he was afraid. He wanted his buddy to come get him. So the buddy called Ali, and he's like, "Let let me come get Donnie." And she hung up on him. <laughs> You're stuck with me, Donnie. Um. Then it was time. Said Ali, "Quote: Get in the car. Let's go. Let's get it over with." So they all drove to Marty's. And there, Marty called Bobby and asked if he was ready to go. Marty told uh, Bobby not to bother driving that he'd come pick him up. So they got into Ali's Mustang and Marty was driving a Mercury Topaz. Yeah. Marty got a car. Good, good for you, Marty. That public deli money. So they picked up Bobby and they drove out to the quarry and they parked on a gravelly spot and they, you know, they got out of the cars and were hanging out. Ali took Bobby by the arm and walked him down the clearing. While this was happening, the others opened Marty's trunk and pulled out the two knives and a single aluminum bat. Cousin Derek could only bring one bat. This guy's a fucking loser, man. He failed. <laughs> he was my guy. He back, was my guy. Back down he's again. Back, back down back again. Down. Who the fuck you down? Derek? <laughs> power ranking. Latest power rankings from Siege. <laughs> Derek down to number five. One bat. He falls five. Five. Spots the number five. No, there were you know how you know you know how prevalent sports authorities were back then? <laughs> yeah, everywhere. Yeah. Um so yeah, they pulled out two knives of the bat, and then someone was like, Okay, now what? And nobody had an answer. Lisa <laughs> Lisa walked to the water and she called everyone to come over. She then called Allie and Bobby to come hang out with them by the water. She just kept calling them over. Come hang out. Come hang out. So Bobby looked at Allie and said, quote, we may as well go. So she'll shut the fuck up. Fucking great guy. Great Down guy. to the end. <laughs> so the group, they were walking along the water's edge with Heather and Donnie, DJ Donnie, uh, walking behind Bobby and Allie. And they all walked in silence for a while. And then Heather asked, quote, are there any alligators in this water? And then Donnie charged up behind Bobby and plunged the hunting knife into the back of Bobby's neck. DJ Donnie. Bobby cried out, oh, fuck. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> um, yeah, he stabbed in the back of the neck. You saw his neck. That whole hunting knife probably went all the way in, like barely touched him. <laughs> Seriously. So when, so when Bobby realized he'd been stabbed, he called out to Marty. Quote, oh my God, Marty, help me. Marty stepped up to Bobby and stabbed him in the gut with his scuba knife, slicing him enough times that Bobby's intestines could be seen. Oh, oh my God. So he was bleeding the fuck out. He started running. And Derek Kaufman, who was there, the crazy motherfucker's gang guy, he said, pulled up in his Civic. (laughs) (laughs) He said, somebody better go get him. Wow. Okay. Brilliant. 
So it's criminal mastermind that is Derek Coffin <laughs> you know, sitting back. Like, Yo, somebody better go get him. Hey, I, that's what they teach us in the mafia, you know? Yeah. I kind of go picture him to look like Post Malone a little bit, like a little kind of He's a, less, a picture less tatted him, up. I picture him to look more like Jamie Kennedy and Malibu's. Yeah, he was, he was a white dude and he had like a mullet. Don't be hating. I saw the mugshot. Yeah, not, <laughs> not tough. So Allie and Heather freaked out and they ran back to the Mustang. Eric, Donnie, Marty, and Lisa then chased Bobby down for Derek's instructions. Can't believe Bobby's still going. Like, yeah, he's fucking. He's gutted, fucked up. He's gutted. still going. So yeah, Bobby obviously you know, he ran as much as he could. He was stumbling around and he was pleading, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry for wh- whatever I did. Whatever you guys are mad at about me, I'm sorry." That's what he said. All of it. Whatever, whatever it was that I did that you guys are mad about, whatever. Yeah. Whatever you guys are mad at me about, I'm sorry. Allie uh, jumped into the car and she was panicked and freaked out. And all she could hear were Bobby's screams and pleading for help, pleading for his life. So she tried to turn on the car. She tried to turn the ignition, but she couldn't because she was all fucking nervous and shit. Instead, she turned on the headlights. And Kaufman yelled back at her to turn the fucking lights off. What would they do without that guy running running point on the murder? <laughs> Go get him. Turn off yeah. the lights. Yeah. 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 He's just calling their fucking shots. Great job, buddy. So glad you're here. He's in the mafia. <laughs> so, yeah, Bobby was stumbling. He fell down. And Bobby's on the ground. And Marty lunged at him and stabbed Bobby in the heart. And then Bobby began to gurgle. Derek Kaufman told the others, quote, he's not dead yet. He's still alive. We have to finish him off. Thank you. Ice cold. Ice cold Kaufman. So Kaufman took the bat. Kaufman took the bat from cousin Derek. And he struck Bobby across the head. But still, Bobby was moving, moving and moaning. He still wasn't quite gone. So he's beating him across the head with a bat. He has a knife in his heart. He's still ticking. Man, steroids are awesome. Let me just put that out there. <laughs> this, is a, this is why you take steroids, kids. I'm going to inject myself in like an hour. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Marty took the scuba knife from the heart, and then he began to slice Bobby's throat with it, sawing his neck back and forth. And then finally, Bobby stopped moving and moaning, and they waited and they waited, and then Bobby was dead. Uh, He was 20 years old. So Bobby's on the ground dead. Lisa tells everyone, all right, let's go. And Derek Kaufman said, we can't just leave the body like this. So Lisa's cousin, Derek, helped Kaufman. The two Derek's lifted Bobby by the wrists and ankles, and they carried him to the water. Cousin Derek was so shaky and nervous that he dropped Bobby at one point. But they eventually rolled him into the water face first. Uh, But the body didn't float away. His legs were like halfway on the shore, and his front torso was in the water. And Derek often said that the gators would eventually come and finish him off. So you could just leave him there. The gators are going to come. Eat him up. There's no lazier fucking hired killer than <laughs> Derek Hoffman. 
<laughs> so hey, don't worry about it. Bobby's body would remain where it was, untouched for four days. Yeah. <laughs> There's no gators in that quarry. <laughs> There's nothing gators there. Like, yeah. It's a man-made quarry. We don't quarry. eat everything, yeah, guys. Soon, the whole neighborhood was talking about how Bobby had, been, had gone missing. Eventually, kids who knew the murderers or heard about them, as we've been talking about, they were telling everyone. Uh, you know, they began to talk and whisper, and just the news spread. So then Allie was the first to panic, and she called Crime Stoppers anonymously, and she told them that Lisa and Marty had killed Bobby. Oh, come on, Allie. <laughs> But it would be Cousin Derek. He would be the first one to cave. He went directly to the cops, and he told them he knew where Bobby's body was and that he knew the kids who had killed him, although he himself didn't admit his role in it, that he brought the one bat. And then he led the cops to Bobby's body. And there, they were, and there he was. He found him in the quarry, decomposing. And so after that, the dominoes all began falling, with Marty being the first to turn himself in, and then the others followed. And in the end, all seven were arrested and charged. Marty, Marty Puccio, Bobby's best friend, was charged with first-degree murder and originally was sentenced to death by electrocution, but his death sentence was commuted to life in prison. With parole eligibility occurring in 25 years, he is still currently in custody in Arcadia. Donnie Semenek, DJ Donnie, DJ he was sentenced Donnie. to life in prison plus a concurrent 15-year sentence for conspiracy, he remains in custody in Lake Correctional Institution in Claremont, Florida. Derek Kaufman, crazy motherfuckers. He was sentenced to life in prison without parole for 25 years, plus a concurrent 30-year sentence for conspiracy, and he remains in custody. His stepfather told reporters, quote, I really have nothing to do with him. He's not my son. Damn. Lisa Connolly was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole, but her sentence was overturned on appeal as unduly harsh and was reduced to 22 years. And after serving nine years, Lisa was released in February 2004. Allie Willis was charged with second-degree murder and sentenced to 40 years imprisonment. The sentence was reduced on appeal to 17 years, and she was released from custody in 2001, but she remains on probation. Cousin Derek pleaded guilty to second-degree murder. He was sentenced to 11 years in prison. He was released from custody in October 1999. And Heather Swallers pleaded guilty to second-degree murder and was sentenced to seven years in prison. She was released in February 1998. And then Bobby Kent's murder would actually be adapted into a 2001 movie, Bully. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Yup. I never saw it, but I remember it being around. It was directed by Larry Clark and starred Brad Renfro. Yeah. Oh, he passed away too, I think. Yeah, he was another troubled guy. Real trouble, yeah. Uh, he played Bobby in the movie. Bully currently has a 54% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And that is the story of the murder of Bobby Kent. Murdered by seven of his classmates. Jesus. Mm, man. Yo! I was just looking up stuff right now, and uh, I guess Marty Puccio's daughter is on TikTok with hashtags free Marty Puccio. 
And like she's got videos and wow. What? Yeah. I'm just looking this stuff up just now, yeah. Uh, I mean, he did help murder the guy, right? <laughs> yeah, he was pretty instrumental. Just he actually sure. stabbed him and then slit his throat. Yeah. Free Marty um, Puccio. Uh, the sources for this uh, story. Bully, and a book, true crime book, mostly came from this. Uh, Bully, a true story of high school revenge by Jim Shoots. Uh, the movie was based on this book. And as I mentioned, 1993 Miami Herald Tropic Magazine Sunday insert piece, Do These Kids Look Like Future Killers? April Witt and Scott Higgum. 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 And the Sun Sentinel article, Living Under the Shadow of Murder by Tanya Alanis. Uh, there's just really... You never want to say somebody deserves to be brutally murdered. <laughs> uh, a lot of fuck around to find out to this one. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. it's very complicated. Obviously. Very complicated. Just push. I don't think anyone deserves that. No, but, no, no. But like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he basically broke an entire group of people to the point that they were like, yeah, the, like this is the only way this guy's going to can't be stopped unless we stop him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And poor Larry. Yeah. What the <laughs> fuck, man? The tape's still out there somewhere. It's, the it's somewhere. There. The cops probably watched it a few more times too. It's a collector's item now. The Florida Man Murders is a five-reason sports production. Researched, written, and produced by Chris Joseph. Music by Roger Rimada. All source material can be found by visiting floridamanmurders.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, kids, only assholes murder. So, don't be an asshole.